the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour. Uh, we're going to uh, continue talking a little bit about things that have to do with uh, faith and trust. And uh, to, to do just that, the author of a book called You Can Trust Him... Um, Wait a minute, let me turn the page here so I can get the, the full title. Um, you Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times, and we've certainly seen a lot of difficult times. The author is uh, Joan Murray from the uh, Joan Murray Ministries, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Joan, welcome to the show. Hi, Tom, thank you so much. Um Joan, I want to talk about this this word trust. I, I want to start there because it's uh, the way it appears on the book cover. It's uh, the word trust is in all caps and it is highlighted uh, so that it's the first word you see when you look at uh, at the book cover. And we live at a time when trust seems to be at an all time low. Trust between individuals trust in government officials, trust in science, and yes, trust in God. Um, why did you think trust was such an important word as opposed to, say, faith? So, um, you know what? The Lord is so faithful. I was writing this book, and this is the first book that I've written. This is my 16th book, but I did not know what the title of the book was. And so when I finished writing the book, halfway through the book, I kept saying to the Lord, what is the title of this book? I had several titles, but none of those titles were working. And so I said, what is the title of the book? And he said to me, when you finish reading the book, 
right in the book. And when you read it for the first time, you will hear the title. And so when I finished and I began the editing process, I heard two titles, You Can Trust Him, and the other title was Unwavering Hope. So I said to the Lord, I said, what title is it? And he said, what one do you struggle with the most? And my instant response to him was trust in him. And so that is how the title of the book came about. And it came about because in the middle of our struggles and in the middle of our hardships, many of us have a hard time remembering and trusting that God is with us and that he's for us. And that even though we're facing the difficult challenges that we're facing, that he has not abandoned us. And as I wrote this book, a book that typically would have taken me two years, it should have been released at the end of 2019, but because I had some challenges myself while writing the book, the book was delayed for a year. So when the Lord released it, it was released during the season where so many people are struggling with, as you said, with trusting others, trusting God, trusting the government, trusting the signs. And so God released it at this time because so many people need to know that he is still available and he can be trusted no matter what's going on around us. Well, let's let's talk about that for a minute, because um, for a lot of people um, that that one visit every week going to church is maybe the most contact they ever really have with God, you know, for an awful lot of people. And, and you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and even with that, um, church attendance had been declining for decades in this country, even before the pandemic. And then the pandemic comes along, and it's harder to, to gather in groups. And so even the once a week drops off and people find themselves in a in a place where they're more isolated than they've ever been in their lives um how do you how do you find god how do you find trust under under these conditions you know and i think that's a that's a great point that you just made you trust because in the difficulties, you know that there is no one else you can turn to but him. Now, the scripture says, in the last days, those who will be shaken will be shaken. And we're seeing a lot of shaking. And I agree with you as I travel and minister at various churches and in various cities. Um, you know, we, we were not able, able to travel as much during 20, 2020, and we're picking that up. Church attendance has gone down. And what you are seeing, Tom, is that you're seeing the people that were really solid in the Lord, that really had a relationship that was just coming, not coming to church because it was a social place, but they were coming because they really needed God and needed to connect corporately with other believers. Those people are returning. Those who were not really solid, but they did it out of obligation. They did it because this was what they were supposed to do. Even when the churches went online, many, many of those churches that had thousands of members, those people would not even go online to watch the services. So I think even in this time that we're facing, the difficulties that we're facing, God is still in it. He is not the author of it. He didn't bring the difficulties, but he's using the difficulties for us to check our hearts and to really see, have we nailed down this relationship with him? 
Is our relationship with God real? Is it solid? Do we pray? Do we seek His faith? You said earlier that some people only connect to God on Sundays. They don't have a relationship outside of that. So the hope is that maybe during this season, when they were disconnected from others, maybe they got reconnected to God and began to seek after Him because they know He is the only one who has the solution for where we are today. And with people, this has been an interesting time because we have technology that makes it possible. Um, as you pointed out, uh, you know, churches that, that conducted services online so that, that people could attend even without doing it in person. And we've been able to connect with, with friends and family a little bit through video conferencing. I've even had uh, several doctor's appointments. <laughs> online <laughs> yes, and yes. and you know we have this technology available to us yet we still seem and feel so very disconnected what what can we what can we do to to change that how do we um reach out because you know i, I i'm not sure if god has an email address <laughs> you know, um, one of the things that I say is that we have to be intentional. Just as we are intentional in so many things that we do, we have a schedule, we have a calendar. We put so many things on our schedule and our calendar. I don't believe a lot of people are just as intentional in their desire to have a rich relationship with Christ. Um, we get up each day and we run about our day and we get into the business of our lives, and we don't make it a point to connect to him. Here is what I know about God. God is not asking us in any given day um, that you can come and spend an hour with him. If you have five minutes to just say, Lord, I need you today, but you make it five consistent minutes, then you're be beginning to build a relationship. And so we, we don't really have the depth of relationship. We go through the motions but we, we have not developed a rich relationship with him. And the way that relationship is developed is through us being intentional every day that we spend time with God. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in worship. We spend time in the word. In my book, You Can Trust Him, I really talk about the way, I talk, there's a chapter that talks about waiting. And so sometimes when we are in the waiting and the holding patterns of our lives, we think that these things mean God is not going to move. God is not going to answer us. And I, and I said in the book, delays are not denials. They're simply holding patterns while God is working on the things in our lives. And sometimes we are a little frustrated with God. We're mad at him. And we, we think he doesn't know that we're mad at him. And so we don't want to spend that quality time because he has not answered the prayer request that we presented to him the way we thought that he was going to answer it. And so in You Can Trust Him, I, I talked about what happens when your expectations of Jesus is not what he performs in your life. What do you do? Do you walk away from him? Do you get lukewarm in your relationship? Do you go into depression? Did you, do you abandon this relationship? So we have to be intentional to develop this relationship with Jesus 
Christ and with God our Father. And the beautiful thing is, the God of the universe is waiting every single day, every single moment, to have this one-on-one time with you and with me. He's carved our time to spend with us if we want to spend that time with him. And as you and I and the others who are listening spend this time with him, it develops our confidence, it develops our trust, where we would be easily shaken, we're not so easily shaken. We have a foundation that is built in him, and then we're able to navigate to the storms we're facing. You know, so many people have that that quintessential question that, you know, if there's a God, why does he let things like the pandemic happen? You know, um, a great way to answer that question, we're not God, but a great way to answer that question is, is very simply, when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and they sinned, they chose to do things their way. As a result of it, sin entered the world. And the consequences of sin, the Bible tells us, is that even the scripture says creation is groaning, waiting for the redemption of the Savior. Even creation is groaning, dealing with with all that's going on around us. So sin entered the world. Um, The result of sin is what we are seeing. But what happens is that we blame God for everything that's happened. God is not the author of sicknesses and diseases and death and and COVID and all of these things. He's not the author of it. The devil is. But we blame him because we reason that since he is God, he should stop these things from happening. But the choices that we had has been made for thousands the choices we have made for thousands of years have caused there to be so many things that's going on in the world. And instead of running to God for refuge when we face these hard times, we run away from him because we blame him for not taking care of us. And so we blame the very one who has the answers that we need to be able to overcome. So people do that all the time. Whether I am here in the U.S. or around the world with the full worldwide mission, people say, why does God do this? Why does he allow it? Yeah, we hear that question all the time, Joan. Yes. I get the question all the time. Why does God do this? Why does he allow this? We never consider that our choices and our decisions are impacting everything around us. And so we blame him. And you know what that does, Tom? It keeps us from even having any kind of relationship much less a deeper relationship. Because in our minds, we think God is a bad God. We don't see him as a good, good father. Joan, we we have to pause there for a moment because I have to go to a break. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Certainly. Great. My guest is uh, Joan Marie from Joan Marie uh, Ministries, and she uh, has a book called You Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times. And I hope this break won't be too difficult. We'll uh, (laughs) share uh, an opportunity for our broadcast partners to squeeze in a few words. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. And then uh, we'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program right after this. Don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse.
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I'm willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a kind and check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com Yo, speaking. Oh dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue our conversation with Joan Murray from Joan Murray Ministries about her book, You Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times. Joan, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, thank you, Tom. Um, we were talking a little bit in the last segment about technology and its role in trying to help people get together and go to church uh, during the, the pandemic. Um, but what about reading the Bible? I, I see so many times when Bible passages are, are quoted by people that are exhibiting some pretty bad behavior. Um, how can we how can we spend time with the Bible, reading the Bible, not, as W.C. Fields once put it, looking for loopholes? <laughs> Beautiful question. So you know what? We have to um, take the word as the Bible is written. I think sometimes we're looking for the Bible to confirm what it is we're doing versus taking what the Bible says and believing that this is what God means. And so we have to know that when God, God didn't, he wasn't random in what he put in the Bible. He actually was very strategic. Um, what I have discovered, and I really talked about in You Can Trust Him, is that we really have to take the word as the word. If you notice in the book, Tom, we had, there were 11 chapters in this book, and in every chapter, I use a story from the Bible whether it was a Hagar, it was a John the Baptist, it was somebody, a Jeremiah, somebody in the Bible who struggled in their lives and had hard times and had to trust God for the victory. The reason I use the stories, and that's the same way that I minister, is because Jesus used parables because they have such rich lessons in them. Stories in the Bible are rich with the lessons for our lives. I mean, when I looked at a Hagar and her struggles with Sarah and how Sarah abused her when she got pregnant and she was disrespectful to Sarah, and then she ran away and she met the angel of the Lord. And as you know, before Christ came and he, he, was not, he showed up about 12 times um, as Christ, you know, so the angel of the Lord, every time you see that word, the angel of the Lord, it is talking about Christ before he came to earth and he, she met the angel of the Lord and she was a slave. But he, he he did not look down on her. He valued her. He knew her name. He called her by her name. By the time God got through with Hagar and told her to go back home and submit to Sarah, Hagar was so impacted that she gave God a name. She said, you are the God who sees me. In the middle of her struggles and in the middle of what she was facing, she recognized that God saw her, even though she was a servant. And so we have the technologies, we have all of these means that we can connect to God, but even with the technologies, we have to remember that God is a personal God. And so when you and I read the Word, when we read the Bible, God is going to speak to us. Sometimes He highlights a scripture for you as you're going through a difficult time. As I was writing the book, and just after I started the book, I got a frozen shoulder, couldn't drive for two months, 
and couldn't pick the book up for another eight months. That's what delayed the, the book for a year. And so even in the struggle with that pain and the hardship, I had to learn to anchor my hope in God that even though I was facing this hard time, that he never left to me. But doesn't that to some degree uh, cause people to only turn to God when they're facing difficult times? Like the, like the old saying, there are, um, there are no atheists in foxholes. Well, yes, but, but that's the problem, though, Tom. We turn to him when we're facing difficulties. The Lord told me once that he's not a bellhop. And so I shouldn't just ring I'm the sorry, bell. that he's not what? He's not a bellhop. Oh. <laughs> I, I shouldn't just, just ring the bell when I want something from him. But that is what we do. And so when we turn to him only in crises, we have a hard time believing that he's going to see us through. But if we have the relationship, which is the point you're trying to make, if we have the relationship, if we're building that relationship steadily from day to day, moment to moment, when we hit those difficult times, even though they're terrifying, we know beyond a doubt that God is there and he can be trusted because we have built this relationship with him and we have developed this pattern with him. All of us have markers in our lives, times when God has done phenomenal things for us, times when he has brought us through and we wondered, how did I make it through that difficult time? And I'm thinking particularly about a time that I shared about in the book, You Can Trust Him, that I was really struggling with a situation and the Lord kept saying to me, trust me, trust me. And I said, I don't know how to trust you. And he said to me, he said, there's no formulas. There are no formulas for trusting. You just make a decision based on what you know about me that I can be trusted and you trust me. And so we are looking for formulas for saying, God, X, Y, and Z. This is how I'm going to trust you. But there are no formulas for trusting him. We just have to remember who he has been in our lives, what he has done for us, and begin to trust him no matter what it is we're facing. That comes from a relationship with him, not just going to him when we have a crisis. And um, how does... How does one begin that process if, if they've been someone who, you know, repeatedly uh, turned to God in times of crisis, but only in those times, and then, uh, you know, feels somehow unrequited? So it begins by us going to the Lord and, and just, just being honest. You know, we serve a God who is concerned about every single facet of our lives. He's not just concerned with the big things. He's interested even in the little things, the little decisions, the things that you, you think to yourself, oh, God is not interested in this. Yes, he is, because he's interested in you. You know, and you can trust him when I talk about how God saw Hagar. He saw a slave, and he knew her name, and he called her by her name. She had two encounters with God. 
And Sarah never met God. Sarah, the one who was called, she heard about her pregnancy when God was talking to Abram. Here is a slave girl who has met God twice. And so God sees us, and he wants this relationship with us, and we have to go to him. And we begin by saying, now, Lord, I know that I've, I've, I've said that, that I've had a relationship with you for years, but it's not been a consistent relationship. Here is how I equate our relationship. For those that are married and they have a spouse, think about the time when you were courting that person. You could not get enough of them. You talk to them all the time on the phone, and when you were not talking to them, you wished you were. This is the kind of love that God has poured out for us at Calvary. This is the kind of love he's inviting us into. Many people say we love God, but we're not really in love with him. Because when you were in love with a spouse, you would do anything for them. You would call them any time of the day and night. God is asking us to come in deeper, deeper in prayer, deeper in time spent in the Bible, deeper in word, connecting corporately with people in our churches, building ourselves up in the word, in these life groups and things that people do, diving into the word, reading books to supplement what we're trying to do. One of the things um, that, I, that the Lord has gifted me to do is to take the complexities of a story in the Bible and break it down to its common denominator. So even a child can read it and understand, this is what Hagar was going through, but this is what God was doing. This is what Jeremiah faced, but this is what God was doing. So we have to really spend that time with him. Tom, that is the only way we are going to be enriched in our lives and develop this intimacy. It is time spent with God, whether it is five minutes, or 50 minutes, we have to spend the time with him so we can cultivate that relationship. When people read the Bible, uh, you know, so the, the Bible has been around for, um, you know, for thousands of years and, and one part of it for a couple thousand years. But when they read the Bible, it's it's all things that happened in the past, and there are some very dramatic miracles that prove the uh, um, uh, power of God and Jesus. And sometimes it's hard not to come away from that and think, well, why don't we see miracles like that today? Have miracles changed no, because the scripture says Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He is still doing miracles today. We see it all the time. Now, I will say to you that in our mission trips around the world, we tend to see a lot more miracles there. And the reason for that is God is their, their only hope. They don't really have the hospitals and the doctors and all of the things that we have here in the United States. When we go on a mission trip and we go into a hospital, you see lines upon lines of people, and many of those people will not be seen in that day. So they have to anchor their hope and their faith in the Lord. So when you pray for them and you're linking your faith with them and you're declaring what the Word of God says, then you begin to see miracles in their lives. And there are miracles that are happening here today. Sometimes I think we're looking for the big things, but we don't see that, you know, you could be having a migraine headache, Tom, and you pray and say, Lord, I'm having this 
massive migraine headache today. Would you please, please remove this headache? And you look up an hour later and you recognize, oh my goodness, that headache is gone. We don't equate that to the fact that God has answered that, that prayer. We think, oh, the pills I took or whatever I did, that took care of the situation. I talked about in You Can Trust Him that many times when God performs a miracle in our lives, we actually allow the enemy to tell us that it was not as significant as it was or maybe the situation was not as bad as we thought that it was. And so we negate what God has done. But God is still performing miracles today. We can still pray and trust him. I have a book I wrote called, You Can, um, I Must Pray. And in that book, I wrote 18 prayers for all areas of our lives. One of those prayers is for healing. We have prayed that prayer of healing filled with the scriptures, Speak to us about healing. Psalm 107.20, he sent his word and heals us. Exodus 15.26, I am the Lord who heals us. When we take his word and we begin to pray his word back to him, the scripture says heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Then he says he's placed his word above all of his names over 366 names for God, and he says he's taken the Bible, his word, placed it all above his name so that when we pray the word, we can get the results we're seeking. Does it require a, a leap of faith to gain the focus necessary to recognize modern miracles? I believe it requires... I agree with you on the leap of faith, but I believe it requires having God present in our everyday life. We talked earlier about how do we get into this relationship. You and I, we get to make a decision every single day. And the decision is, Lord, when I get up today, am I going to spend time with you, even if it's only five minutes, to just stop and pause just a moment and say, God, I thank you for this day. Um, direct my path today. Help me. Watch over me. Thank you, Lord. Two, three minutes. Five minutes. God is looking for consistency with us when we pray. So we make a decision every day when we get up, Lord, you know what? I want more of you today. The more of him you get, the more time you spend with him, you will begin, he will begin to open up your eyes. And you will see all around you that God is performing miracles every single day. But if we're not in tune with him, we will think, okay, well, these things are just, you know, happen by happenstance. But when you pray for yourself, if we, Tom, here's something else I recommend. You know, sometimes we pray for things and they manifest and we forget that they have manifested. But if we begin to journal the things that we're praying for, the date and the time that we began to pray for this thing. And when it manifests in our lives, we go back and we put a check mark and we say, hey, God did do this. We have these markers, these memorial stones, just like he told the Israel, get that stone, put it out there. When your children see it, they will remember what I did, how I parted the Red Sea, how I cause you to cross the Jordan River. These are markers in our lives. They are reminders to us that if God did it before, 
God will do it again. How do we, uh, Joan, how do we keep the faith when we see so many, so many people use scripture to justify hate and violence and, and even war? Um, we keep the faith by remembering that those people who are perpetuating these things, they don't know God, that they don't have a relationship with him, and that our focus is on the one who's always working on unity. The scripture says in Psalm, where there's unity, there's strength, and God commands a blessing. So many times we're focusing on what is going on around us. We, the only thing we can do about the challenges and the struggles and the hatred and all of the stuff that we see that's in our world is go to the one who has the answers. And the way we go to and we look at a situation, we say, God, we know that's not right because we know that you would not do this. Somebody did this, what would Jesus do years ago? We know that this does not represent you. So we come and we present the situation before you, and we're praying and we're asking you to correct the situation, to correct what's going on, to correct the, the hatred and the, all of the stuff that is always around us. We have to recognize that we cannot fix the problem, but we can pray to the one who can fix the problems for us, and we must not participate in it. We cannot participate in the hatred, in the ugliness, in the gossip, in the tearing others down. We have to remember that the God who created the universe, he created us all. We're all created in his image and in his likeness. And so when we focus on those things, then we're beginning to become more like Christ. And we will be less judgmental and more prayerful. Joan, um, I, I, I just want to say once again that my guest is Joan Murray from the uh, Joan Murray Ministries, talking about her uh, latest book, You Can Trust Him, Anchoring Your Hope in God During Difficult Times. She is a, an international Bible teacher and helps unpack the complex topic of trust in this book. And, and it is a difficult topic in, in this day and age. Um, Joan, I, I can't believe how fast the time is going, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? Yes, I have a website. I actually have two websites, joanmurrayministries.org. That's a teaching website, and then seedsofhopemissions.org. So we do missions here in the U.S. and then around the world. And so they can connect with us there. They can send us a message. If they have any questions, they can find You Can Trust Him at um, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, wherever books are sold, uh, this book is available. And so, yeah, so we have a website. We have they can connect with us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and all of those places. We have a podcast called The Word with Jomer Ministries that we have out there where they can find prayers and encouragement and inspirational messages and teachings that can help them to grow in their relationships with Christ. Well, Joan, thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. It's been an honor and a privilege to chat with you a little bit. Thank you so much, Tom, for your time, and God bless you. Take care. Once again, that was uh, Joan Murray, author of You Can Trust Him.
anchoring your hope in God during difficult times. I love you with all of my heart I love you so Beautiful creator Of heaven and earth The rivers that flow so strong The mountains, the wind and the snow And the air that we breathe I want to thank you for all you've done For blessing my life and the ones I love I want to serve you my Lord, do whatever you want me to do Smile and say You're pleased with the life that I've lived You're pleased with the life that I've lived When you let me in
This is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Lions. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annanick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's, that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. Hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview always. Always. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. 
More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. There's a fellow by the name of Noah, built an ark. Everybody knows he built an ark. He said, what did Noah do? He said, well, he built an ark. But very few people know about the conversation that went on between the Lord and Noah. You see, Noah was in his rec room sawing away. He was making a few things for the home there. He's a good carpenter. Vuba, 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 vuba. Noah. Somebody call? Vuba, vuba, vuba. Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. <laughs> right. Where are you? <laughs> what do you want? I've been good. <laughs> I want you to build an ark. <laughs> right. <laughs> What's an ark? Get some wood, build it, 300 cubits by 80 cubits by 40 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? Let's see, a cubit. I used to know what a cubit was. Uh... Well, don't worry about that, Noah. When you get that done, go out into the world, collect all of the animals in the world by twos, male and female, and put them into the ark. <laughs> right. Who is this really? What's going on? How come you want me to do all these weird things? I'm going to destroy the world. Right. Am I on candid camera? How you gonna do it? Gonna make it rain for a thousand days and drown them right out. 
Right. Listen, do this, you'll save water. Let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and wait for the sewers to back up. Right. the effect of an arc on the average neighbor. Now, here's a guy going to work seven o'clock in the morning, Noah's next door neighbor, and he sees the arc. Hey, yo up there, what do you want? What is this? It's an arc. Uh-huh. You want to get it out of my driveway? I got to get to work. Listen, what's this thing for anyway? I can't tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I mean, can't you give me a little hint? You want a hint? Yes, please. How long can you tread water? <laughs> of course, Noah had, had a heck of a job, really. He, he had to go out and collect all of the animals in the world by twos, two mosquitoes, male or female. <laughs> and uh, he had to keep telling the rabbits, only two, only two, only two. We find Noah pulling up the last two animals, two hippos, and he's really in a hurry to get them up because he's afraid that the Lord's going to call him and ask him to do something else, and his nerves are shot. This is one heck of a job for a man 600 years old. <laughs> so we find him pulling up the last two hippos, and of course the Lord does call him there. Come on, fat hippos, hurry up. Come on, will you please? Noah. What? <laughs> what do you want? Gotta take one of those hippos out and bring in another one. What for? Because you got two males down there and you need to bring in a female. I'm not bringing nothing in. You change one of them. <laughs> Come on, you know I don't work like that. Hell, I'm sick and tired of this. I've had enough of this stuff. I've been working all day, working on for days and days. I'm sick and tired of this. Noah? Yeah? How long can you tread water? <laughs> Mess down there. 
That's me, I'll tell you that I've had enough of this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm letting all these animals out, and then I'm going to burn down this ark, and I'm going to Florida somewhere because you haven't done nothing. I'm sick and tired of all this mess. You're pulling around, and you haven't done nothing except as you got it raining. It's not a shower, is it? Okay, Lord, me and you, right? Because I knew all the time everything was up. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Spreading like a plague And POTUS and his lackeys Have been nothing if not vague Well then you've got to trust the CDC And listen well Unless you want to bid our free society Farewell There is a Super bad transmittable Contagious awful virus And if we don't act quick And social distance It will mire us In a stretch of quarantine That lasts until July A super bad transmittable Contagious awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better <coughs> Now back in 1918 Influenza had its run But half the docks were busy Overseas with World War One. Today we have mass media And scientists to say If you don't want this virus Well then stay six feet away Super damn important That we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic While it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals If there's not mitigation It's super damn important That we practice isolation if we don't do it then we're all gonna die if we don't do it then we're all gonna die and so i hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart because it's already scary and we're only at the start if you get bored just think of the immunocompromised who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilized oh super bad transmittable contagious awful virus if we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us in a stretch of quarantine the last until july a super bad transmittable Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. There's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to head on down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back into the uh, bunker tomorrow morning with another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to kick it off with uh, Mark Shriver, who has uh, written his first children's book. Mark is the um, uh, president of uh, Save the Children Action Network in Washington. He's also the son of Sergeant Shriver, the first head of... uh, Peace Corps, brother-in-law to JFK, and that'll be followed by the return of Henry Hatter to Armchair Politics. Good night, everybody. The program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show, and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. 
Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening. 